listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spitting Statistician, a.k.a. The Stable Genius and Vocal Minority. And welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Big shout out to the Stats Overbeat Cypher, Francisco G, already in the building saying dilly dilly to the Cypher. Dilly dilly right back from your boy, The Spitting Statistician. Episode 373. Of the fantasy freestyle, and as always, I gotta tell you, you know why we're here. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. And yo, last week was a big week in our pursuits to do that, to win our fantasy football leagues and to win that cash. This episode will be focused on my takeaways of that for the stats overbeat cipher. Got a good show for you. We're gonna break it down in two different ways that I think are really important. Okay, I say it all the damn time. What's good for the fantasy team may not be good for the real-life NFL team. I'm going to look at it two ways. First off, which teams were diamonds and fugazis? We have not talked about the fugazis for a while. I'll tell you which teams had an opportunity to better themselves over the last weekend, and they forgot about it. You know what I'm saying? Then, also, we're going to do it in terms of players, all right, because... There are some players that wound up in very interesting fantasy football fits. Say that five times fast. Fantasy football fits, okay? And I am going to tell you which players landed in situations where you may want to take a look at them in redraft and in dynasty leagues. So we'll do that for some of the main positions, okay? Then what we will do, as always, we put the fun in functional sports content with the Stats Overbeat Cypher. I'm telling you right now, in our last section... In our last segment of the show, I am going to talk a little bit about this Avengers, and I may let a little bit of the cat out of the bag. I am telling you now early, okay? So when we get to our third segment, you may want to hit those earmuffs, okay? And I'm also talking about as it is the end of April and we turn to May. If we have time, I'll tell you about some fantasy baseball uh, April Fools that may be out there for you as we turn to May. We got a poll question up as well, and I want to ask you, Which rookie quarterback that got drafted is in the best situation moving forward? Okay, whether that, however you perceive that, whether that be for their team or as a fantasy football asset, or was it Josh Rosen that actually has the best opportunity, you know, now that he got traded to the Miami Dolphins? We'll talk about that as well. Or will he be in the same exact situation next year? You know, Josh Rosen drafted in the first round by the Arizona Cardinals, right? Now, because they want to go ahead and get the number one guy, This guy, Josh Rosen, is sold for a sack of goods, right? A second-round pick. I think that's a good little move there by Miami. It's a cost-effective deal, right? But next year, everyone's been talking about hashtag tank for Tua. Hashtag tank for Tua, right? And the Miami Dolphins, I think, have been on that train. So what happens if when the Miami Dolphins go 3-13, and 4-12, and because they ain't trying? Have you seen that roster? And they have the number two overall pick, and they go ahead and draft Tua Tagaloa. What happens to Josh Rosen? Same exact thing that happened this year, 
So we'll find out about that. The poll question that's up right now, though, is it, is it, uh, you know, is it Murray in Arizona, right? Is it Kyler Murray in Arizona? Is it Dwayne Haskins in Washington, who went 17 overall? Is it Daniel Jones and the Giants, who went 6 overall? A lot of people talking about that one. You'll get my two cents on it as well. Or is it Drew Locke in the second round with Denver? Right now, it is very close between Haskins and Murray, okay? So get on out there if you want to make your uh, voice heard at Spittin' Speeds. If you want to also talk to the Spittin' Statistician this hour, we can break it down. The number to call, 347-767-6614. If you want to get down and talk about the draft of your team and what it means. Because now, after this, this is when it settles down a little bit. Everyone's going to go dark for the month of May into June until we start hearing about rookie OTAs and mini camps. okay? This is when we're going to start going dark. On the NFL. So there's a couple of bets I want to get in now before everybody else realizes it. There's a couple of stories you need to know about now before everybody else realizes it. And that's what we're going to dig into. But guys, honestly, uh, after the draft, which happened this weekend, not a lot going on in the NFL calendar until we hit mini camps. But big shout out to everybody out there. Um, you're right, Max Fire. This Corona did get its line, Papa. It did. If I turn it around, you see. It did get its line. Uh, Clayton Trahan in there. Listen, the Henderson pick. We're going to talk about that one. Jared T, the guru out there. Um, Big Ben, you know what it is. Yatu Sabe, the whole stats overbeat cipher is in there. Yo, if at the guru, if you are in New York City, you need to come on by because we are always here at uh, Versa Studio 34 here in Midtown. Come on by. Have a drink with the spitting statistician. Let's get up into it. First things first, before we get into the draft, there is news that broke. I told you there was always news that breaks in the most crazy, inopportune times, and we got to cover this. This, to me, is the biggest news. You know, yeah, Kyla Murray, the Arizona Cardinals were like a 3-13 and team last year, okay? A huge impact player there was news on, and if you haven't heard by now, I'll be the one to tell you. There was audio that broke of uh, Tyreek Hill. And listen, Tyreek Hill... Amazing talent. We all know about him. You know, the, the, the return game, the speed, uh, really helped Patty Mahomes last year and them Kansas City Chiefs offense become what they are, the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Tariq Hill was a fifth-round draft pick. And the reason Tariq Hill was a fifth-round draft pick and not a second-round draft pick was not because of his height. It was because he already had a domestic abuse, uh, a domestic violence, you know, kind of charge going on. Okay, that's why he fell. And then this narrative was going on with his son. And for those of you who don't know, his son had a broken arm. Okay, and the judge about a week or two ago concluded that, yes, this child is a victim of child abuse, but we don't know who committed the crime. Okay, it was his wife, Miss Espinal, who was a person of interest. Tyreek Hill at first proved that he was out of the country when some of these things happened. Okay, but now the video, uh, the audio has come out and where Tariq Hill... You know, the, the, the baby mama is saying, like, you beat him. Why is he saying you did it, right? And in one line, he literally says to her, you should be afraid of me too, bitch. You know, and so I don't think this is going to end well for Tyreek Hill. Remember, this is the same franchise that cast aside Kareem Hunt when the video came out of him last year, right? So if they're going to be consistent, I think Tyreek Hill has got to go. Here's the other trend. The Chiefs know it. The Chiefs, in this weekend's draft, they traded up in the, I believe it was the second round, to go out and get uh, McCole Hardman. Okay, McCole Hardman is a wide receiver out of Georgia. Listen to the scouting report of McCole Hardman before the draft. You ready? 
listen to one scouting report. Hardman is a speedy, undersized receiver and return man uh, with smaller hands and a small catch radius. He's at his best with the ball in his hand, and he's a dangerous kick returner after the catch and running the football. Hardman has excellent intangibles. He ran a 4-3-3-40 and is a raw pass catcher, but an angle-destroying nightmare with the ball is in his hands. Um this this one scattering report literally says, if this sounds familiar, it is very similar to the exact discussion we had around Tyreek Hill when entering the league, okay? The Chiefs know that Hill is probably done, and they, tra- they traded up in the draft to get his replacement this weekend, all right? So I think this has a big impact, not only for, obviously, Tyreek Hill dynasty owners. I think this has a big impact on people like Travis Kelsey. I think this has a big in- impact on people like Patty that's Mahomes, yo, okay, because what is that Chiefs offense? Listen, they schemed, and Mahomes is an MVP, and Kelsey is the best tight end. We all know that. But Tyreek Hill did so much for that offense, both vertically and horizontally on the jet sweep action. He was a beast. That's where you spread them out, you know, with the jet sweeps and stuff going horizontal. Then your guy Kelsey hits the seam, okay? And obviously, we all knew you know, Patty Mahomes has a great arm, but you were not overthrowing Tariq Hill, and that really is a huge part. Can McCall Hardman maybe fill in? He's a rookie. Is Tariq, I don't know if Tariq Hill is missing time, but I'm going to tell you right now, I am standing, I would bet money on it right now. Tyreek Hill will miss time, and you need to get ahead of the curve before other people believe in it. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you another bet that I like because of that a little bit later on. But that is, to me, the biggest news Uh, aside from this draft, okay, yeah, Josh Rosen is the quarterback in Miami along with Fitzmagic, sure. Tyreek Hill might not be on the Chiefs. He might miss four, eight, all 16 games, okay? So keep an eye out on that. But kudos to the NFL for the NFL draft. Listen, 600,000 people showed up over the course of three three days out there in Nashville, out there on Broadway. It looked like a whole lot of fun. Um, So NFL is still king. Right, like this is in the middle of the NBA playoffs, and people are like, nah, 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 I got to see what backup safety my team drafts in the fifth round. I was legit more interested in like who my Jets were drafting, what picks were happening, than, you know, NBA playoffs, other regular season baseball, NHL playoffs, stuff was going on. NFL is king, 47.5 million viewers for the NFL draft, okay? Something that literally could have happened over an email chain, all right? 47.5 million viewers. All right, let's get into some diamonds and fugazis. Let's talk teams first. I want to talk teams, then we'll get into player fits first. First of all, before we even talk teams, first of all, your diamond in the rough was your boy Speeds the Spitting Statistician. If you were following me the week before the draft, last week, I gave out two props that I loved. All right. And the two. Um, ooh, Clayton Trahan says, speaking of your Jets, I think they got the best player in the draft. Inevitably, Clayton is talking about my man, Quinnen Williams. But before the draft, here on this uh, show last week, I gave you two prop bets that I loved. One, at minus 270, that Nick Boza would be the first defensive lineman taken. By the way, yeah, that cash. That's what we do. We help you win your leagues and win that cash. The other one I gave you, and it was interesting because it moved a ton. 
after I gave it out. I gave it out. It was at minus 290. It went all the way to minus 490, then minus 550, then minus 750. Luckily, if you listen to speeds, you got it at minus 280, and that was that TJ Hawkinson would be the first tight end taken, okay? We cashed on both of those. We told you about over two-and-a-half Alabama players. That one cashed. All right, a lot of these trade ones cast. There were uh, seven trades in the first round over the six and a half, over three, two and over two and a half Clemson players cast. So we did good if you tailed us on the draft. But getting to teams that I like, okay? And a lot of people are giving the same teams. I'm telling you about some a couple other teams that are on my radar that I really liked what they did. And the first I'm going to get into is the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I like what they did, okay? Their offense is fine. Yeah, we heard about they don't have Lev Bell anymore. They don't have Antonio Brown anymore. The, way, the reason the Steelers uh, were not an elite team, honestly, and I don't want to say it, is because of the loss of Ryan Shazier, right? We know what is a debilitating neck and back injury, what has happened, and it is a sad story. But he was a pro bowl in middle linebacker who was able to go sideline to sideline, and the Steelers hadn't had that for years, and the Steelers have never been able to replace that. They went up and did that in this draft by getting Devin Bush, trading up from 20 to 10 to go and get their guy, Devin Bush. This is the player they needed on defense, and they spent draft capital to get him, but I like that they did. When you are a team who is a perennial playoff contender and your Hall of Fame quarterback has a couple of years left, you don't need to trade down and get assets for the future. You need to go up, get the cherry on top, the one player you think you need that can make you a legit AFC contender again. That's what they did. I like that. They also, ironically, in the third and fourth round, I thought it was funny, they pretty much trolled uh, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. In the third round, they got Deontay Johnson, who is a little route runner out of the Mac, out of Toledo. Sound familiar with the pick they got for Antonio Brown? They drafted a short wide receiver who's known for his route running out of the Mac. Antonio Brown, anyone? Then in the fourth round, they draft Kentucky running back, a guy I told you about, Benny Snell, yeah, who could be a, a force in that backfield. So I like what the Steelers did, okay? I'm going to tell you what else. There are a couple teams... I talk about the offensive line and its impact here, both in fantasy and in real, uh, real football, right? And I tell you that, oh, my God, the Houston Texans better have come away with this draft with offensive linemen. And they did. They got two. Uh, their first-round pick, offensive linemen. Second-round pick, offensive linemen. So I like that they at least identified their needs. The Minnesota Vikings, another team that I told you, the, their offensive line eviscerated their chances last year. They used their first pick on Bradbury, the top center. Okay, Many people thought that he wasn't going to fall to them. He did. I believe it was pick 16, 17, 18, something like there. They drafted the best center, Bradbury. I like what they did there. But the one team that drafted not one but two offensive linemen in the first round, I like what they're doing. It's the Atlanta Falcons, guys. I like what the Falcons did, okay? They went and got... Two offensive linemen, all right? I like that. The kid from Boston College, they traded back in for Nigeri at number 31. Listen, you got a declining window. Matty Ryan getting older. Julio Jones getting older. You needed to do it now. I think the Falcons could be primed for a little bit of a bounce-back season because, remember, their defense got hurt big time early in the season, right? They stay healthy. They're trying to keep Matty Ice upright because they know what they have in him. And don't look now. There's a little weird quirk in the Falcons' schedule. They only play like three or four games outside of domes this year because they get road games against teams like Indianapolis and Minnesota also in domes. You know the Falcons are better 
inside. Um, so I like what Atlanta did as well. I got to tell you, I like what Denver did. I like what Denver did. They traded with Pittsburgh. I like that move for Denver also. They wound up at 20 getting Noah Fant. And Noah Fant is the best tight end for fantasy purposes, for offensive production in this draft. He's better than TJ Hawkinson because Hawkinson was something of a blocker as well. So fantasy people, what you need to realize in your drafts, I always say don't take any rookie tight ends. But if you're going to take one, take Fant over Hawkinson. Then, when they traded back, they got another offensive lineman in Dalton Reisner, and then they got Drew Locke, the guy many people thought they were going to get at number 10 overall. They got at number 42 overall after trading back and accumulating talent. I like that. When we come back, though, on the Fantasy Freestyle, I got two other teams that I like what they did. I'll tell you why. I got a couple teams I do not like what they did, and then we'll zoom in on the player fits for some players that got drafted this weekend that I think you need to know in fantasy redraft and dynasty leagues and we'll talk a little bit with the stats overbeat cipher here in the chat room as well you know what it is Yabusabe fantasy freestyle Billy Billy hey thanks for downloading the podcast and remember if you want to listen live download the iHeartRadio app download the TuneIn app and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network and you can listen to this program live also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show and thanks for listening. Welcome back. Statistician, stable genius, vocal minority. You know what it is here. Fantasy Freestyle, episode 373 with the stats overbeat sight from my man Danny Otto down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Danny, the uh, the chat room is asking about you, Danny. Uh, Perry Ng, shout out, dilly dilly to Perry, says, did Danny Otto get in at the right price on that bet? Because uh, I was giving you, you know, a little TJ Hawkinson, a little uh, Nick Boza. And by the way, if you're betting plus minus numbers, once the bet cashes, it don't matter, right? Because that was just about laying out more if you lose the bet. But we ain't losing bets here with the stats overbeat cipher, uh, so it don't really matter. You know what I'm talking about? I see also what you're saying, Ben. Ben is asking me um, about some uh, teams specifically, and you know I'm going to talk about that team, Ben. You know, if you listened here. Stats overbeat Cypher, Fantasy Freestyle. You know I'm definitely going to mention that team, and it ties into everything. But I got one other team first. I'm telling you right now, the Diamonds for me. Then we're going to go into specific players. I got two more teams that I think qualify on the Diamond side. I like what they did. Honestly, the Arizona Cardinals. I like what they did. I really do. Cliff Kingsbury is getting his way. He came in is like, I'm the new coach. I want Kyler Murray. We're running my system, right? That air raid, spread it on out, right? Here's what they do. Here's what you're going to see out of Arizona. You're going to see five offensive linemen, the quarterback. You're going to see four wideouts and David Johnson by his damn self in the backfield. And they're going to be in shotgun all the time. Okay? So not only do I like that they went all in with Kyler Murray to be the guy for him to run his offense, but now look at the wideouts they have. Okay? And that's where I want to go here. That's why I like it. All right? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Famer, right? They're going to put him in one of these little inside slots, and he's going to be good to go, 
All right, you know who else they drafted? With the pick that they got for Josh Rosen, they drafted the guy I was telling you about going into it, Andy Isabella. I love this kid's speed. 4-3 speed, led the NCAA with 1,698 yards. People think he's a white boy, and that's it, right? No, this kid can run all the routes. This kid can play outside. I love the pick of Andy Isabella, but the thing is, he is smaller, okay? Don't forget, Christian Kirk was their other wide receiver they drafted last year. He was doing well, progressing nicely, got hurt. He'll be back this year. Oh, by the way, Christian Kirk, yeah, Christian Kirk, Texas A&M, Guess what? Guess where Kyler Murray was before he transferred to Oklahoma? Yeah, Texas A&M, okay? Him and Christian Kirk used to be friends and teammates. I like that. And then what they do in the fourth round, they drafted Hakeem Butler out of Arizona State. This is a guy who killed Cliff Kingsbury in college. This is a guy, Hakeem Butler, fits the other kind of role. He's 6'5", 227. So you got your outside guy now in Butler, and then you got Larry Fitzgerald, the greatest like hands in the NFL, in NFL history, and then you got Kirk and you got Andy Isabella on the inside in the slot. I like what the Cardinals did, if for nothing else, because they are sticking to their guns. They have an identity. They are developing that identity. We'll see how it works out. You got Terrell Suggs in defense now, too. But Ben was asking me, and I got to tell you something, a team that I love what they did, and if your real deal stats overbeat Cypher, Ben is asking me about it. Let me tell you something. I like the Chargers. I like the Chargers. I really like what the Chargers did. By the way, John G., we'll talk about that pick in a second. The Guru, we'll talk about Metcalf as well later on in this show. All right? And by the way, that is the real question. Where's my man Strong Style? But in any event, I, Ben and anybody else, listen up right now. I'm back on the Chargers bandwagon. I was the guy who was early on the Chargers last year. They wound up going 12-4. and four. Okay, let me tell you something about the Chargers. Remember, the Chargers, I believe they are a complete team. They were one of the only teams in the NFL in DVOA, top 10 offense and top 10 defense last year. Okay, they do not need anything really on offense. They had one of the better offenses in the league last year. They get big Mike Williams to step up and fill any loss of Tyrell Williams. They also get Hunter Henry returning from injury. Their offense is fine. That defense with Joey Boza, Melvin Ingram on the edges, you know I love them. You know I love their cornerbacks, right, with King and Hayward. You know I thought they got the steal of the draft last year in Derwin James, who I think will develop into an all-pro, right? Where were they weak, if anything? You saw them get exposed in that game in the playoffs against New England by my guy, the, st- the stereotype, Sony Michelle. They were gashing them up the middle, running, running, running up the middle. Remember, this is a team that played three safeties to defend Lamar Jackson in the run. What do they do? They draft Jerry Tillery in the middle in the first round out of Notre Dame. This guy is a beast. I, was, I love this guy. You probably heard me talking about him before the draft. He fits the Gus Bradley scheme. I like what they're doing to develop over the middle with Jerry Tillery. He will play nose tackle for them, in my opinion. Maybe me, Bain, uh, is part of a rotation there. Then in the next round, they get Nasir Adderley, who I also thought was a value for them still there late in the second round. This is a ball-hawking safety. He brings physicality and an attitude. Him and Derwin James are now interchangeable. One of them can come in the back box and support the run. Okay, the tackle they got in the third round is something of a reach, but I like that they're thinking offensive line to protect Rivers. They get a speed-based inside linebacker, also from Notre Dame in the fourth round. I love what the Chargers are doing. And by the way, 
Last year, the Chargers finished 12 and 4. The Chiefs finished 12 and 4, right? I like what the Chargers are doing. And I just told you with Tyreek Hill probably missing time, I believe. Listen, there's going to be some regression from Patty Mahomes. If you go on over to more sports books right now, the Chiefs are prohibitive favorites to win the AFC West. I'm telling you right now, if you want to get dicey, if you want to throw some shekels, you need to, before the word on Tyreek Hill's suspension comes down, you need to go and bet the Los Angeles Chargers to win the AFC West. They both won 12 games last year. It was a tiebreaker, if you remember, that got the Chiefs that one seed and that bye. I think the Chiefs take a small step back this year, and I think the Chargers address their needs. Chiefs have a first-place schedule, so they got to see New England in the regular season. The Chargers don't. With their second-place schedule, yeah, in that game, they see the Miami Dolphins instead. Excuse me? I'm telling you right now, I love what the Chargers did, Ben. Okay, I think they understand they have a something of a window with Rivers. They address their defensive needs. I believe the Chiefs fall back down to earth second time around. You, Patty Mahomes ain't sneaking up on anybody this year. I like the Chargers, and you can get them right now at 2-1 to one odds to win the AFC West. And I'm telling you, I would check it out right now before word of Tyreek Hill's suspension drops in any event. Fugazis. We got to talk some Fugazis. There's a few teams that are Fugazis for me. One is the Bears. A lot of people like this David Montgomery pick. I, I'm, I'm not as high as others on the David Montgomery pick, and here's why. He also profiles similarly to me to Jordan Howard, who was not a fit in this scheme. It, everyone's talking about David Montgomery, how he's elusive. He's not elusive. He ran through tackles. To me, I, I profiled him. He's a guy who I don't think is going to make, make a difference at the next level. We shall see, but regardless, if you wanted that back, you had him in Jordan Howard, so I don't know about that one. And then the fourth round, they drafted Riley Ridley. I like Riley Ridley as a player. Same thing, though. He's very similar to Anthony Miller, who they drafted last year in that same spot. So I'm eh on the Bears. I'm also eh in that division on the Detroit Lions. Listen, they got TJ Hawkinson at number eight overall. You know I don't necessarily think tight ends belong in the top ten. I don't think tight ends, for certainly for fantasy, but also in the real life, I don't see tight end as an impact-making position that you need. And the Lions have done this before. They drafted Eric Ebron very early. By the way, they drafted Eric Ebron one pick before Odell Beckham that year. But I digress. Um, so I'm not, I'm not in love with their pick of Hawkinson. I think he's a good player. I thought he would be the first tight end gone. I don't think he's a great player. I don't think he's the great fit at that value. All right, and then they also get um, Devai, the linebacker from Hawaii in the second round. I thought that might have been a little bit of a reach as well. So I'm eh. On the Lions. I got to tell you, the two teams, though, that I don't really like what they did. The first is the Green Bay Packers. Okay? And here's the thing. I actually like some of the guys the Packers drafted. I like the Darnell Savage pick. I was down on Rashawn Gary, right? But here's what it is for me and the Packers. In free agency this year, I mean, going into the free agency, they were the 29th ranked defense last year, the Packers. So you'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good. They got Rashawn Gary. They got Darnell Savage. But in free agency, they signed Zadarius Smith out of, from Baltimore. They signed Adrian Amos away from the Bears. They signed Preston Smith. They spent a lot of money on defense. I think the lifespan for Aaron Rodgers, you know, after we get through this next chunk of guys, right, the Ben, Rivers, Eli, Brady, Breeze, after that, and they're going to all ride into the sunset in the next, what, two to three years? After that, it's Aaron Rodgers who becomes the elder statesman. And guys like Matt Ryan and Pete's... 
guys like that. He doesn't have a ton of time left either. I thought they needed to maybe use one of their early picks to get a skill, uh, a skill guy, a, a, a game breaker. They got Jay Sternberger, the tight end, in round three, but he's not the guy I was thinking of. I think there was a preponderance of wide receivers that were going in the second round. I thought Green Bay should have played in that pond a little bit more or later on get one of these shifty running backs. So I don't really love what the Packers did. But last and certainly not least has to be the New York football. And you've probably heard this 18 million times since Thursday, right? Probably. And John Vegas is saying the same thing. Don't know why the Bears wanted another plotter in Montgomery. I mean, Fire Fantasy Report, though, says Montgomery going to put up numbers in that offense. I'm with John Vahas. I, I think he, they got someone who was similar to Jordan Howard. I don't know that he's a fit in that scheme. And if you wanted someone like that, you had him already. Right. This is going to be the Mike Davis, Tariq Cohen, you know, this Nagy offense. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not on to that. Um, I, I agree, John. I, I, they could have rolled with Mike Davis and addressed other needs. But listen, we got to get to the Giants, OK? Because here's the thing. I'm going to do this in a way that tries to not really just lambaste the kid himself, Daniel Jones. Right. Because whatever it is, maybe he's going to be an average quarterback. Maybe he'll develop into something. My problem is that Gettleman completely blew his load early and wrong way. One, this kid was a zero-star recruit. If you look at his tape, okay, and that's what everybody's saying, right? Just look at the damn tape, all right? He doesn't throw with anticipation. He gets razzled when there's pressure in his face. That's going to happen at the next level, okay? But here's the thing. Let's say you love Daniel Jones. You could have got him at 17, Okay, you could have got him at 17. You probably could have got him in the second round. Drew Locke was still there in the second round. Yeah, and then Gettleman's going to come out and be like, oh, I know there were at least two teams that definitely would have taken him. Yeah, he's thinking of the Dolphins and the Washington football team. But guess what? Washington was happy to take Haskins at 15. The Dolphins were fine to spend the second-round pick and get their quarterback. I don't know. And where do you think that story would have come out? Obviously from beat reporters that Gettleman has under his thumb trying to, you know, soothe the wounds here, make PR look a little bit better. Okay, they could have gotten him early, but here's the real thing. This move was made to be comfortable so that Eli didn't have to worry about a threat in the quarterback room so that he'd be okay with this, you know, uh, lineage here, right? And that's the thing. I think the Mannings had something to do with this, and to be quite honest, I do in fact think that race had something to do with this, all right? The New York Giants, when Geno Smith started for Eli Manning a year and a half ago, was the first time an African-American quarterback had ever started for the New York football Giants. Okay? I think if you are looking at Dwayne Haskins on tape and you're looking at Daniel Jones on tape and you decide you want Daniel Jones, I think there's something wrong. Okay, Now, the kid may be good, but what I don't like about it is that I think that Gettleman decided to make this move and the Giants made this move because, one, it would be safe for Eli. Right to what? What? What's the narrative? Oh, he was coached by Cutcliffe. So what? Cutcliffe, Cutcliffe coached Eli and Peyton Manning like 10, 15 years ago. Daniel Jones went to the Manning passing camp. So what? You know that doesn't like when you are talking about a player and the things you want to say is like, oh, he was coached by someone good. They said, oh, I looked at him. He was a professional quarterback. Of course he is. You just drafted him as one. He better be much better than just a pro. He better be an all pro for it to be good value for him at number six overall. And then I want to show you about the press conferences, right? 
Kyler Murray gets drafted, they 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 fly the plane out there for him. They have an introductory press conference. The Raiders draft three guys. They put them all out there together. Dwayne Haskins is drafted 17. They got a press conference with him. Everybody's all happy about unveiling their picks. What do the Giants do? There is no press conference with Daniel Jones. Dave Gettleman is sitting there being like, I don't know. Everything is a risk. Maybe it'll take three years. Pat Shermer's looking at him next one like, what? If it takes three years, my ass is fired. What are you talking about? He wants to mention the David Cutcliffe connection, right? He's like, hey, he was a fan. He was coached by Cutcliffe. That guy didn't fall off trees. And then he looks at him. He's like, David, right? Didn't even know the guy's first name. That he's pinning on all this tutelage of Daniel Jones. This was safe. This was because the Mannings thought it would be okay and not be a threat. And I really think that there's some underlying other stuff in there as well. I got to tell you the truth. That's what it is. But, hey. Maybe the kid will be good. And I'm trying to not put it on the kid. I don't think the kid will be good. Okay, I think his ceiling is a backup quarterback in the NFL. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, and it, but it's not the kid's fault. It's all this other stuff about how he was valued and maybe why the picks were made and about it being safe and convenient and comfortable. And the fact that they could have had him probably at 17. They probably could have had him in the second round if they wanted to. They have created unfair, unrealistic expectations for this kid. Every Giants fan is going to be pissed off at this kid. They are not putting him in a good place to succeed. And I think that's probably a problem for him moving forward. But I digress. Let's get into some of the winners and losers player-wise, okay? Because we're going to have to take a break. I got to talk to you about the Avengers and all that stuff. But, uh, you know. It's a big episode, episode 373. We got draft stuff to talk about. Yeah, there you go. Gettleman is more and passed on Oliver. They could have traded down. They could have done all of that. Okay? He, he is seeing something that no one else saw. No one. He's trying to be like, yeah, two teams would have drafted him. Bull. Bull. But I digress. In any event, yo, let me tell you something. Um, at running back, Guys, that I just said, I don't like the situation David Montgomery wound up in, okay? Um, I think I'm down on him. Like I said, the chat room has said it. I think he's a good college back. I think he's a bad fit in that system. I also, I think it's now a Fugazi. Damian Harris got drafted as a running back in the third round by New England. New England is almost like the worst spot you could ever want to be. As a running back, they have a running back by committee. They got Burkhead already. They got Michelle already. You got James White there already. Now he's just added to the mix. And I think Sony Michelle and James White and Rex Burkhead all ahead of him. Down, He's going to be down on the depth chart. I don't like him for fantasy. I do love, love, love. They said it in the chat room. I said it last week. Daryl Henderson. Name to know, people. Put it in your name banks right now. Daryl Henderson, okay? He was the guy I told you. He was quick, elusive, 8.9 yards a carry. I saw him on tape. He popped for me, okay? I was like, whoa, this dude is a beast. Where did he wind up? Oh, my God. He wound up in the third round with the Los Angeles Rams and the number one offense pretty much in the NFL. You think McVay isn't going to try and find some uh, a way to use this kid? And by the way... Uh, We don't forget Todd Gurley and his arthritis or whatever's going on with him. They lost C.J. Anderson. Daryl Henderson is primed to be an actual weapon, especially in PPR formats, for the goodness gracious Los Angeles Rams. I think he could be someone that's viable even in redraft leagues. That's one running back. What we'll do on the other side of the break, I'll give you two other running backs I like to fit. I'll give you wide receiver Diamonds and Fugazis quarterback diamonds and fugazis and then i may spoil the end of avengers 
I might do that. So if you need that, you may want to ear muffs. But I'll give you fair warning, okay? Dilly dilly, it's fantasy freestyle. Yatusal. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. back fantasy freestyle episode 373 i got people out there in the chat room a lot of people agreeing with me when it comes to the running backs okay a lot of love right now for daryl henderson daryl henderson the kid out of memphis i saw this kid play and i like i literally saw a game where this kid had back-to-back like 70 yard touchdown runs where he literally just beat people to the spot down the sidelines. I'm telling you, Sean McVay is going to find a way to use this kid. I like Daryl Henderson. And guys are talking about another receive, uh, running back that I like. It's Miles Sanders in the second round for Philadelphia, okay? They drafted Jordan Howard. I mean, they traded for Jordan Howard. But they traded for Jordan Howard to be your between-the-tackles early down back. Miles Sanders, this guy, I told you, he's going to play a role in the PPR game, in the pass game. This guy is going to be, in essence, the heir apparent to, like, Darren Sproles. Okay, and I think Miles Sanders, I like. This is a quick guy, fast. I like him in, um, in PPR formats even this year because Jordan Howard, I don't think, is going to be a great fit. So, yes, Miles Sanders. One other running back I'll give you, and this is a guy, it would be taking a chance on him. But don't sleep on Bryce Love. Don't sleep on Bryce Love. The Washington football team drafted him in the fourth round. And here's the thing, in that backfield, you got Adrian Peterson, who's old. You got Darius Geis, who's coming back from injury. And now you have Bryce Love, who's coming back from injury. That job could be ripe for the taking. Okay, I like Geis. But um, long term, you know, if, if Love, if, if Love um, rehabs well, he could be viable. But I like Miles Sanders, and Daryl Henderson is the running back name you need to know. On the wide outside, there's two guys I did not like their landing spots. One is Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown. I say it all the time. What's good for the real team is not good for fantasy. He is going to be good for the real Baltimore Ravens. Imagine these read option things. You got Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and now a Hollywood Brown can do on the edges. Same thing kind of like Tyreek Hill. Jet sweep stuff, screen game stuff, short passing game stuff. Good for the Baltimore Ravens. Not good for fantasy. Remember, the Baltimore Ravens want to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. Hollywood Brown's not going to get as many opportunities as some other rookie wide receivers. And you're going to, in those opportunities, you're going to have Lamar Jackson throwing you the ball, okay? So I'm a little bit down on his landing spot for his fantasy production. The other guy I'll tell you, and I thought he was going to be the man, was A.J. Brown. Receiver out of Ole Miss. Got drafted second round, but the Tennessee Titans drafted him. They still have Corey Davis as their one, and I don't trust Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill, who might be throwing the ball in Tennessee before too long. So I'm down on those. Great landing spots, I'll tell you. Just like my, my running back, Daryl Henderson, is the guy you need to know. I think the best landing spot for any wide receiver, literally, in the second round, the Indianapolis Colts selected Paris Campbell out of Ohio State. This guy is going to be perfect in the slot with that two-way go. They already have T.Y. Hilton. They signed Devin Funches to be the big body guy, right? The outside X receiver. 
this guy, Parrish Campbell, completes their uh, wide receiver room. I think he's going to be getting crosses over the middle. He's going to be getting that intermediate game from Andrew Luck all season long. I think Paris Campbell wound up in a great spot. I also like, listen, I like the the Niners wide receivers, Debo, Samuel, and Jalen Hurd. I like that as a landing spot as well because the Niners didn't address their needs in free agency. There were people talking about Antonio Brown, didn't get him. Talking about Odell Beckham, didn't get him. They need someone. There's going to be targets up there if Debo or Jalen Hurd want to show themselves. Um, I think they could. Um, I mentioned A.J. Brown, who went in the second round to the Tennessee Titans. The second round ended uh, with the Seattle Seahawks taking D.K. Metcalf. Many people thought D.K. Metcalf was going to be the number one wide receiver taken. Okay, he was at minus like 150. I didn't bet it. I bet Boza. I bet Hawkinson. Trying to help you win your leagues and win that cash, right? But D.K. Metcalf was known as a workout freak. There were pictures of him, like, so shredded. He, had, he ran, like, a uh, 4-3-3-40, okay? We saw him in the weight room. He is cut, okay? But check this out. Danny, I hope we have it. Well, I'm going to show you how D.K. Metcalf went into his interview with the Seattle Seahawks. Remember, the Seahawks ultimately did, in fact, draft him in the end of the second round. He went into his job interview like this, and then watch what Pete Carroll does in response. Let's put that up, Danny. That's okay. Oh, we don't have the video. Oh. I don't have the video. Oh, all right. It's on his Twitter. All right, all right. Well, if, you know, check it out. All right. What we have is he comes in shirtless. He comes in not wearing his shirt. He's ripped, Danny. I thought we had the video we could play and not the audio. I thought we had to choose one or the other. It's all good. Um, and then in response, Pete Carroll takes his shirt off also. Pete Carroll's like in his late 60s. That's why we needed the video, Danny. All right, because it was one thing to see DK Metcalf all shredded. But then we were going to see Pete Carroll. He actually takes his shirt off in response to when the guy, you know, walks in with no shirt on. So I got to ask you, Danny, would you ever go into a job interview shirtless? I mean, if I could pull off being shirtless. You don't look like DK Metcalf. Yeah. I got to tell you, I got to tell you something. All right. Um, but, you know, like DK Metcalf, you, you wouldn't do this? I mean, like I said, I'd have to, I'd have to be, be looking. Who do you think from our network would, do, would pull that off the best? Like, you know, interviewing for maybe another gig or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to just rock it shirtless. Damn, that's a hard question. That's a good question. Um, we should think about that one. I know Frankie's doing some, like, he's trying to eat salads these days and stuff like that. Yeah. And isn't the closer I, maybe I, trying to do that, too? I, you know what? I could see Ventra. Yeah. I could see Ventra trying to the do that. The guru right now in the chat room saying, Carol needs to put that sweatshirt back on. I'm going to have to put that out there. We got to get that out there, uh, Danny, the, the clip of Pete Carroll taking his sweatshirt off. It's hysterical. But let me tell you something. DK Metcalf is shredded. I think he's going to be in a good little spot. Um you know, but only in that kind of red zone idea. Remember, Doug Baldwin, it looks like he might be retiring. But Tyler Lockett there is still there. He is still Russell Wilson's deep threat. We'll see if DK Metcalf can add to it. John Vegas likes me as well. He says he likes uh, Paris Campbell's landing spot. I already talked about, oh, he says Nikhil Harry, who's over there in New England. To me, New England's just such a fantasy herd that it's not like he's going to stand out. I kind of like the Paris Campbell landing spot, and I like these Arizona guys. I like these San Francisco guys as well but Danny the NFL draft was probably the second biggest thing that was going on this weekend 
you were probably more into what a lot of people think was the biggest thing that really happened this weekend, and it was the Avengers. All right, the Avengers kind of opened up, um, made over a billion dollars, billion with a B, in the box office. And uh, Danny, it was kind of a big deal, right? It was kind of a big deal, Danny. You you saw it early. I mean, it was it was a big deal in 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 my neck of the woods. Basically. Okay, what do you mean in your neck of the woods? I mean, like, for, what what, for, what branch of the forest is that? Danny? <laughs> I just mean like in the pop culture neck. neck oh, of the woods, okay, I got you, I got you, I got you. Well, here's the, the deal. Oh, and by the way, um, earmuffs, everybody. If you're not, if you don't know, want to know, blah blah blah, all this stuff. It's like Game of Thrones kind of action. Okay, earmuffs. So, Danny. First things first, let's put up the image of that letter from the Russo brothers, right? Can we put that up? Or is this like, okay, there we go. So they told everybody, listen, it's coming out in L.A. for a premiere. Danny, when we were doing the draft coverage here last Thursday night, we had in studio a guy who saw the premiere, who was there in L.A., and you were like, don't spoil it for me. I shook don't, hands with him. And don't I, spoil it for me. Yeah, that was like the first word out of your mouth, right? I said, I, I shook hands with him. He said don't spoil he was, it. He was at the premiere, and I just said, don't, don't spoil it. make a reaction All right. to me. So. Like, it's a big thing to not have this spoiled. And I understand. I understand. But, yo, Shady McCoy was not listening, bro. Shady McCoy running back for the Buffalo Bills. Maybe you saw this already. Shady McCoy. So it came out, what, like midnight Thursday into Friday, Danny? Yes. Okay. Shady McCoy at like 10 a.m., 11 a.m. on, on uh, Friday night. Earmuffs, people. Earmuffs. Okay? He goes and posts on Twitter, oh, my God, they killed Iron Man. They should have taken Captain America instead. You have to see the comments on this, Danny. People are like, uh, bro, don't do this. Bro, I'm unfollowing you. Bro, you're the worst asshole in the world. You know, it's kind of stuff like that. What are you doing? Right? Then an hour later, Danny, he goes, by the way, earmuffs people. He goes, RIP Tony Stark. I can't believe it. Again, this is like 1130 a.m. on Friday, Danny. You were already still dark. You were still going dark, right? And then he posts this video. Do we have the video? Can we play the video, Danny? Audio, video? What do we have? We got the audio. Let's play the audio of, this, of, of him. He posts this by like 1130 a.m., a video with his kid. Go ahead. They could have used Hulk. But well, why they kill Iron Man, though? What are you doing? He's the best what are you doing, Shady? Smart, intelligent, cool. He's he rich and everything. Yo, I'm done with Avengers. It wasn't him because. All right, that's enough of that, Danny. It was him. That's enough, Danny. He, he put it on blast. I'm sorry. I tried to give you earmuffs here, spoilers. But they killed Iron Man, Tony Stark. And here's, the, here's what makes it really shady to me, Danny. You know, he's known Shady McCoy, right? Here's what's really shady. He spelled Tony wrong on purpose, they're saying. Because a lot of people who didn't want to be have spoilers or whatever, they block certain keywords on Twitter. So anything with those keywords or whatever on IG, whatever, does not show up in your feed, right? He spelled Tony, T-O-N-E-Y. He spelled it wrong on purpose so people that didn't want to see it had it in their feed, R.I.P. Tony Stark. What do you think about this, Danny? I think it's pretty shady. I think he's living up to his name. I think that's probably the worst thing you could do. Right. That's the shady like, part, right? That's the shady part. Yeah. Even, that he misspelled it on purpose. Yeah. Because people mute the keywords. Yeah, absolutely. Number one posting about it on Friday. Right. Right Friday away. 11 a.m., Danny. Yeah. That, 11 a.m. That already, like, he already knew going into it, like, that he was doing something Oh, wrong. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he knew. That's shady, yeah. bro. He ruined it for everybody. But Danny, he wasn't the only one. I know we only got a minute left, Danny. But he wasn't the only one. There was a guy in Hong Kong. Danny, who day one, when it comes out, he sees the movie, and there's big, long lines to get the movie. You know, these people are waiting outside, right? 
He gets yeah. he goes onto the corner and he starts screaming on the street what happened. They killed Iron Man. They killed Iron Man. Right? The people outside the theater gang up and beat him up. Show the picture, Danny. Show the picture of this guy. Check this out. This guy is laying there bandaging him up. See the blood over there by the guy with the mask? Okay, they beat this guy up because he was screaming spoilers. That's what you do. All right, Shady, that's messed up. All right? And by the way, Danny, people on social media were like, it felt good to see that guy get beat up. He got what he deserved. Do you with that, Danny? You with violence for people who spoil it? I mean, I don't know if I'm personally getting in on the fight, but right. at the same time, I'm But you okay with other people beating him up? I'm definitely upset, and I'm not like... Saying anything is wrong with because <laughs> if, you're, well, if you're consciously trying to ruin somebody's movie experience, like that's yeah. that's pretty. I funny. hear you. Well, there you have it, people. All right, so it's another episode of the fantasy freestyle in the books. Thanks, of course, to everybody in the stats overbeat cipher who's always in the chat room. You know, thumbs up, thumbs down. A lot more thumbs up than down, which is what I like. Yeah. So whether it's DK Metcalf, I got to tell you though, let me tell you something. All right. In your redraft leagues, I know wide receivers don't pop all the time, but Paris Campbell is a good bet, too. I know Daryl Henderson is behind Todd Gurley, but McVay will find a way to use him. I'll talk about some of the quarterbacks in Dynasty drafts. I'll give you some of the April Fools in Fantasy Baseball. All that next week on the Fantasy Freestyle. Right now, though, in that poll, 36% of you say Haskins is set up the best. 32% say Murray. 21% say Locke in Denver. Only 11 of you say Daniel Jones what may be a racist organization with Dave Gettleman and the Maras because but it's okay it's comfortable for Eli Eli will keep him off the field more next week Yatu Sabe the spitting statistician Dilly Dilly stats over beat Cypher we out Peace.